1: This is
2: the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Tonight is a huge night. It's game time. Warm-ups are over. You're lacing up your shoes one last time and you're about to step out onto the court. But this court is covered in roses and I'm going to be wearing stilettos instead of sneakers. There's a rumor about me being spotted with a light skinned basketball dude before the show and being a woman of color you know in minnesota anytime i'm with a man of color i'm we're a couple that's what everyone sees it as i could have a romantic dinner with a white guy in the restaurant and nobody would say oh they're a couple but because it's another black man we're supposed to be together and it's frustrating because i'm open to all of you if that question doesn't get resolved, then now it's open for anybody sitting at home to speculate on it. Now, who's
0: sitting at home? Some of the viewers? Yeah, the, the viewers. No, I'm talking about, like, what did you
2: say to Michelle? Flip on the outside, you guys. Why don't you just, like, think about it. If someone airs
1: an episode and everybody's sitting here Dude, talking why about- why
0: are we talking about episodes? Why the f- are we talking about episodes?
1: I hope Chris has goes home. He threw everyone under the bus. He's a rat. Snake crocodile every reptile
2: out there. He's been camouflaging this whole time. I'm honestly surprised He's made it this far. His ass is going home tonight. Dear Mr. Clayton I liked meeting you and I am sad that Miss Young didn't choose you You're really good at making forts (laughs) and you have lots (laughs) lots of muscles (laughs) When you get married Can I come with my sister, Luke? I can speak for myself and I want a man who is going to stand and support me when I speak and not a man who's going to speak for me. As a female, as a female of color, there's a lot of situations where people speak for me and my voice isn't heard. I'm empowered when I can speak for myself. I also have to be confident in myself to make decisions for myself. Sure. Ultimately, I do feel like we're not necessarily on the same page. I just don't see this relationship progressing, and so I do need to walk through that. The guys will truly reveal themselves when they're in front of their family like their family knows them best they can't hide So you're going to see such an amazing side of these guys. And I think this is why this week was my favorite. Just because you see, like, if you can really be there for the holidays and the future and all of that, it's pivotal. This is the pivotal week. Pizza was late and overcooked. I actually disputed the charge with my bank because it was so bad. Also, the owner is a cowardly child.
0: You know, you only ever hail Mary when you're losing and you're trying to squeeze in the win. But the question is, like, could it change her mind? You know, especially before she makes a, a life-changing decision like this. We just got engaged. Ah, this, is my
1: fiance. this is my fiancé. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fiancé. Say it loud. Now you can scream.
2: This is my fiancé.
1: Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case.
0: This is Bachelor Clues. And today we are going to be looking back at the recently concluded season 18 of The Bachelorette. It was a historic season in many ways. We're going to be going through our top 10 most important takeaways from that season. These are the things that really have sent the game in a new trajectory, have kicked it into a different direction. It will never be the same again as a result of these 10 things we're going to discuss. And then at the very end of this episode, we are going to be giving you our season-long awards our Error of the Season, Jorge Moreno Bystanders of the Season, Creatures of the Season, Plays of the Season, MVPs of the Season.
1: Wowies of the Season.
0: Wowies of the Season. God, how do you give that award? There were so many Wowies (laughs) of the Season. But we're gonna be diving into all of that, and we thank you for joining us. So, let's dig in here. We're gonna start with our number 10 most important takeaway from season 18 and it has to do with uh the technical aspects of our show So shall we say (laughs) the number 10 takeaway is this was the worst audio of any season in history (laughs) bar none
1: almost no competition
0: (laughs) no i mean every other season renders at least Something that's audible, something you can hear, you can make out what they're saying at the very least. This season had multiple (coughs) incidents of not being able to hear anyone because there's so much fucking noise in the background. And this is a simple fix. Very simple. You just have your sound guy go out there with a microphone and headphones and say, yeah, we shouldn't record here. And then you pick a different place.
1: Test the audio.
0: Or even take it into fucking account. Even understand that that is part of making a television show is that you have to be able to hear the people speaking in it.
1: The first time I really... The one that came to mind most apparently at first was the dumping bench of Rodney. We have Michelle Young dump beloved finalist Rodney and take him outside and they're on the dumping bench and you can't hear anything. They're on a very busy street. You could have put the bench anywhere.
0: You could have put the bench literally 10 feet, the other fucking direction in the lobby of the fucking building. Why do it outside at all? It made no fucking sense.
1: COVID? There are, he's just in a fucking date with her. Like there's no. Look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with some reason. <laughs>
0: It was fucking unreal. There was that one. There were a bunch of other ones.
1: The walk and talk between Caitlin and Michelle Young by the ocean should have been a warm up for what was to come in terms of audio problems.
0: That that to me is the worst transgression here. They've shot all this shit. They know the audio is fucking terrible leading into this. It's not like they shoot this and they put it on hard drives and they're like, well, we'll figure it all out later when we're editing. They're editing as they're going. All the post-production people are looking at their footage, their audio, as they're shooting this, they're putting things together, Mm -hmm. they're trying to devise storylines and seeing how they can edit things. So they're well aware during production that the sound is fucked in the dumping bench, that the sound is fucked in the walk and talk with Bristow.
1: The walk and talk with Bristow, it's like, it's a very common thing in television production that you're like you don't shoot at the beach or if you have to it's gonna be tough you're gonna have to figure out the sound you have to be really particular about it this was like here's our first thought let's it's our first day let's just get the audio while they're crashing the waves are crashing
0: you get one of those in a season maybe Even that, at this point, you've been doing this fucking show since 2002. Like, this should never happen. The audio quality of this show should be 100% in every scene.
1: Boat dates are one of the most common dates we have. They've shot tons of shit at the water.
0: Tons. And they should be able to do it by now. But let's say that they even have one slip up and they're like, oh shit, the audio in this scene is really bad. We're not going to be able to hear them. We'll do what we can in post. But like bad recorded audio is bad recorded audio. Sometimes there's just nothing you can do. But let's say that they get that. That should have been a wake up call, a little bit of a red flag. Oh fuck, Mm -hmm. we can't shoot next to these noisy things. Somehow this just goes completely by the wayside and we get ultimately to the final fucking episode. The most important moment of the entire season is the final rose ceremony where our lead is going to make her choice between the last two finalists in this case Nate Olakoya and Brandon Jones. We literally cannot hear a fucking word any of these people are saying because they're (laughs) shooting one foot away from waves (laughs) crashing into rocks. This was a choice by the producers to shoot in that location, who they're apparently oblivious to the fact that you can't fucking hear shit.
1: And that waves had ruined the audio of a scene that they had shot a couple episodes prior.
0: Exactly. They learned no lesson from it. And I don't know what the disconnect was here. Were the sound people not talking to the producers? Did the producers just not give a fuck? The producers certainly obviously weren't aware of this because they selected these locations unaware of the fact that sound was important. It was absolutely miserable this season. It was some of the worst production we've ever, ever seen in the entire history of the game, this audio.
1: I'm I'm trying to remember. And, you know, I can think of one cocktail party where Katie Thurston had ice cubes in her glass. And yes. so that was a little loud, but nothing that ruins scenes, nothing that ruins the most important scene of the whole season, for sure.
0: It's really unreal to me. I, I don't know if we're going to keep getting this either. I don't know if this is a new production team. I don't know exactly why this is happening, but it happened so much this season and it was so egregious. I have to imagine we're going to see it again. I think Clayton's going to have entire scenes where they just like forgot to record the audio or something. They just play music over it and speed up the footage, make it like Keystone Cops. I have no fucking idea. They
1: have people do impressions of them.
0: (laughs) I'm available. I
1: love pizza. I am the ultimate Viking. Well, that was our number 10 most important takeaway from this season. Our number nine most important takeaway from Michelle Young's season was folder gate. We had the escalation of the degorification of the game or an attempt and a very heavy handed implication that if you come into the game prepared, if you've thought about how you could possibly get close to the lead or any type of strategy, any preparation at all, you r4twr.
0: Foldergate, for those who may not know, was an incident that occurred on night one. There was a player named Ryan Fox, who came into the game with folders, in which he had materials that he had pre-prepared to help him go over these notes to be ready for the game. And some of the the notable pieces of those notes were he had a list of his perfect type of woman. He had things in it that told him what to do to get more screen time, things of this nature.
1: How to avoid a villain edit. All things which will be in our book.
0: He basically had a very rudimentary version of some of the things in our book. Our book is a much more in-depth look at all of this. And our book also tells you not to take folders into the game. You don't ever want to have those materials in the game with you. But the fact remains that this happened. And there is this idea within game that if you think in any way about the game you're coming into, prior to coming into it, you are a villain. You are there for the wrong reasons. And the way that this played out was also interesting. The producers obviously knew that he had these folders in his bags because the producers go through everyone's shit before you come on the show. They look through everything that you take into the game. They knew he had them. And then they trumped up this event where uh caitlin and tasha would go into the rooms of all the players and look through their stuff so they manufactured a fake event for the host to in quotes discover or find these folders the producers already knew they were there mm-hmm. i would even argue that that caitlin tasha probably knew they were there and knew what they were about to find and how they were going to have to act and all this shit and then it sets up this uh-huh. other strange thing, which is, okay, well, now the hosts know about this, but they're still going to let her meet this guy in his limo exit, have multiple conversations with him throughout the night. It's taking up time other players could have had. And so you start creeping into this area of, well, how much of this is set up? How much of it is not? Well, are we supposed to believe that any of it's fucking real if they're not telling Michelle Young about
1: it? Are we supposed to believe Tasha and Caitlin's reactions, which include things like saying that What they found was alarming and disturbing. If what they found was alarming and disturbing, why would they let Michelle Young have a limo exit with Ryan Fox? Why would they let Michelle Young have a mini date with Ryan Fox in which he (laughs) gives her ice cream?
0: And then how all this wrapped up was she kicks him off in night one. That, to me, was also strange. And this was the first inkling we got that they weren't really going to handle villainy well in this season. They were going to eliminate it immediately. But Mm -hmm. this idea that you can bring documents in. We've been told, by the way, multiple times, that you're not allowed to even bring shit like that in. That you can't take books. You can't take anything in except your clothes and a journal. I have read that multiple times from multiple players. So
1: Or a Bible. Oh,
0: a Bible. Sometimes they would let you take in some seasons as well. Maybe this was like his version of a Bible, I guess. But the producers went through his stuff, found that stuff, and said, oh, we're going to let him take this in, mm-hmm. specifically to blow him up. They, they totally allowed this to happen, at the very least, if not encouraged it.
1: Because they always search through all bags. They're looking for drugs. They're looking for phones iPads, all of the paraphernalia you're not allowed to bring in with you.
0: After our book comes out, I'm very curious to see. I don't think anybody's going to take a book in with them. But I think
1: they'll plant it on someone.
0: God, please, please. No, I don't think <laughs> even if somebody takes the book in, I think they'll cut around it because they're not going to want to give our book any kind of free press.
1: Promote it. Yeah. But it's something that we heavily emphasize is you do not bring written accounts of your strategies into the game you don't talk about your strategies
0: i'd love to see a player pull a full oblivious to the fact they're even on a show strategy what are all these cameras doing here what's going on what do you mean a group date what does that mean what's a one-on-one i would love someone to play that so stupid that like the ultimate 4trr just completely how did i even get here they don't know anything about it i didn't apply for any show what is this
1: they should do a brendan fraser in that movie blast from the past <laughs> and pretend that they've been in an underground bunker for yeah. 20 years so they don't even know what the show is the show somehow like found him and brought him there and, and they also don't know what like the internet is or anything like
0: that yeah they take somebody who <laughs> lives in like a a a tribe in the Amazon rainforest or something, somebody who doesn't yes. even know what television is or any technology, and they just <laughs> drop them into the game. Here you go. He's like, what is it in this shit?
1: It would be fascinating to watch.
0: <laughs> but that wraps up number nine. And now let's move on to the number eight most important takeaway from Bachelorette season 18. This is the very first season in the literal history of the game. Bachelor or Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, any of it, in which we knew who The Bachelor was before the season started airing. We all knew before Michelle Young season 18 aired that Clayton Eckerd was the next Bachelor, that they had selected him in to be Bachelor in Bachelor season 26 because images of this leaked on Facebook by the mayor of his hometown, Eureka, Missouri. Sean Flower is that mayor. And he was posting pictures of a big parade kind of send off that they had for Clayton, which had a banner that said, congratulations, you're the bachelor. So anybody who was online in any way, really already knew that Clayton was going to be the bachelor. And we thought that that was going to have some effect on how they edited him, that they were really going to promote him and prop him up to look very good or that At the very least, he made it kind of far into the season. And strangely, none of that turned out to be true. So they had a potential marketing boon here, which maybe could have gotten more people to watch Michelle Young's season, in that they could have promoted it as, this guy is The Bachelor. Watch how he became The Bachelor on this season. And I know they were trying to protect Michelle Young's love story and all of this, and that's great, but they completely dropped the ball here in what was maybe the only time we're ever going to see something like this, where we know who The Bachelor is on night one as he's stepping out of a limo
1: i never really looked at the the sign that the mayor posted really closely it is a white banner across this nondescript street that says go find love clayton the owen love has a heart and then there's two shopping bags on either side with hearts on them like what is this a shopping bag type theme date But very funny way to spoil the season. We also had Jesse Palmer tweeting about him before the show has announced it. Clues and I both came up with our theories of what would happen later in the season in order to give him this next Crown edit. And surprisingly, we didn't really get that. (laughs) We didn't get a PTC. We didn't get love levels from him. We didn't even get tears from him until we had this strange child army scene.
0: Which was shot, I'm almost positive, after the season completed. I think they... Look, we don't know why they chose him. We don't know. My theory is that he was very amenable to doing whatever they said. And they were like, we got this guy on the hook. He will be a company player. He's going to be The Bachelor. They made that decision sometime in the course of Michelle Young's season. He gets kicked off. They're like, well, shit we don't have anything good for him. Like no one's going to want to see him be the bachelor, bring the kids back in. We'll have a little moment where they give him these letters that we wrote and hopefully that'll fucking suffice. And so they tacked that onto the end of his shooting schedule and they, they really tried to shoehorn in that whole thing. Like I want kids so bad and I'm crying now. It, was very bizarre.
1: Andy's a player who doesn't have to go home right when he's dismissed like all the other players. He gets a next morning meeting with children to read these letters that clearly the producers have written and produce tears and do this this sob story about wanting kids so badly. After really a. Floaters edit they gave Clayton, they take away. The one like teeth moment that we thought Clayton was going to have, which we saw in a promo where he's accusing someone of going on a reality show because they're an actor, and they make it look like it's Nate Olaquoya, and they cut that moment entirely from the actual document. And what did we see? We saw we saw an intro package where he's into his family, and we saw the Clayton rotation. We saw...
0: He did some dancing in the Natural History Museum on their one-on-one day. The
1: dancing, the farts in the fort.
0: Farts and forts.
1: And that's about it.
0: Yeah, it was a a very strange thing to have, again, the first time in history that we know this guy is the Bachelor as soon as he steps out of the limo. It's not promoted in any way. They don't make the official announcement that he's the Bachelor until the season is almost over. But again, almost all of Bachelor Nation knows that he is. So it's this strange mishandling of marketing that they've been doing a lot during the bubble seasons. None of the marketing for the show is good. They don't know really how to promote what they have anymore, nor do I think they they even know how to construct it properly. I'm hopeful that Clayton's season will be a return to greatness. We at least are getting the mansion. We at least are getting international travel, which I think is going to make it feel like the Bachelor of old. So that'll hopefully be good, but
1: they put out a promo this week that is just tears the season. And then it's just all clips of tear play by players in Clayton season. And it did feel like a return to some of the old game.
0: Yeah, I think season 26 is going to be good, despite all these missteps by the producers. But I don't know. This was just so strange to me. And it's part of this is that it's like the second Bachelorette season, which we'll get to in a minute. But it was just so strangely handled. For something that was massively historic in every season. We've never had anything like this, where we know who the lead is before the season starts that is their rookie season. Yeah. It's fucking intense, and they just kind of blew it.
1: Totally. I think they should have announced it at the beginning of the season to get people to watch it. Maybe they wouldn't have had the lowest ratings of all time.
0: Which we'll get to.
1: <laughs> Spoiler alert.
0: The next thing in our list, this is the number seven most important takeaway from bachelorette season 18 and this is a a little bit of a sad turn this next one this is a somber note maybe one of the saddest things that happened the entire season the number seven takeaway is if you'd like to hear the rest of this episode you get all the rest of our top 10 most important things that happened over the course of this most recent bachelorette season 18 Michelle Young is your lead. And then at the end of it, also you get to hear our season-ending awards. We're talking about Jorge Moreno, bystander of the season, creature of the season, error of the season, play of the season, MVP of the season. We even discuss our Wowee moments of the season. You can get all that, plus you can get access to our Discord where you can submit your screams that we will play from time to time in our very own screams from the pit. You get access to all of our live pre-show countdowns that we do half an hour before every episode airs we jump on our live stream and kind of break down what we're expecting to see in the big game and all those videos are there well after they're live as well so you can watch them even if you don't have time to catch them live and we got access just to a bunch of other things in there creatures of the weekend all kinds of weird clips that i'm finding on youtube and stuff like that as well that are about reality tv or the bachelor in general it's all down here with us in the bottom of the pit and so we hope you will join us and we hope that you have a happy holiday. It's the pit, you can get it in And dig around in all this content It's the pit, come on, admit You want to eat up all these tasty tidbits It's the pit, this room and have to fit Everyone who wants to come in It's the pit, you can get it in Go round in all this content. it's the pit. Come on, admit it. you wanna eat up all these tasty tidbits. It's the pit is room enough to fit Everyone who wants to come in. It's the pit Now you've heard me talk about quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever. Unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. (laughs) I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes, so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. That's why First Leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines. Especially if you're somebody like me, who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out.